Caroline Dowd Higgins. Thank you for listening to Your Working Life, my podcast series featuring thought leaders in the career and personal growth arena. I know that you spend a significant portion of your life at work, so I'm on a mission to provide you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. And I'm so delighted to have my special guest, Carrie Schwab Pomerantz, joining me today. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Caroline. You're so welcome. I want to tell our listeners a little bit about you. You have such an inc- impressive career background. Carrie Schwab Pomerantz is a leading advocate for financial literacy and one of America's most trusted sources for financial advice. As a leader of Schwab Community Services, as well as president of Charles Schwab Foundation, Carrie is devoted to making investing more accessible to the American public and encouraging men and women from all walks of life to take charge of their financial lives. And Carrie, that's why I'm so excited to have you on the show. You have a brand new book out, The Charles Schwab Guide to Finances After 50. So tell me, how did the book come to pass? You know, a couple of things. As you mentioned, I've been involved with programs, educational programs for all sorts of different populations from teens to uh, the working poor to women. And um, what I see around financial education, that it creates a whole new level of confidence, it liberates people, and it allows people to realize that if they do save a little bit, they can really have the life that they deserve. And, um, you know, I turned 50 a few years ago, and it was a huge inflection point for me personally. Uh, You know, for me, I was thinking, first of all, you know, wow, I've been on this planet for half a century, and I can bring something to the table. I'm I'm wise. And and it also made me think, what more do I want to accomplish? I'm only going to be in this world for so long. And I, and I, and I, share this because I don't think this is a unique point of view. I think a lot of us when we turn 50 have that sort of aha moment. And I think what the common denominator is, is that we all want probably more control around our life and our money. And so I really wanted to give back to my contemporaries and and help them along the way. Carrie, that's such music to my ears. I'm so thrilled about that. And what I love about it is you're you're teaching us how to be in more control of our finances, right? I think sometimes people look at it, uh, they're victims to their finances. And I agree with you 100%. We need to be proactive. So you, you, you talk about training people to be entrepreneurial. Can you unpack that a little for me? Training people to be entrepreneurial. Um, you know, we, what we find with our with our you know investors in particular, they're just sort of entrepreneurial in spirit, and they're driven to to create a life that they want. They they are not victims. They you know pull up the what the bootstraps, mm-hmm. and and I think being entrepreneurial is a way of thinking. Not necessarily means you have to start a business and. And that's what investing is about, and 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 um, investing in our future is about being entrepreneurial, and and but you have to have the knowledge and the financial education to to do that. And, and again, I think financial education brings such a level of confidence, and I've seen it from people from all walks of life. And unfortunately, the lack of financial literacy in this country does cut across Americans um, from all backgrounds. It doesn't matter about socioeconomic status, about gender, age. 
And um, I think once we have that baseline of knowledge, we can be entrepreneurial in spirit and have the life we want. So Carrie, I'd like to know what are some of the biggest misconceptions about money and financial planning for people over 50? Well, we found, you know, several misconceptions and I'll share, I'll just share a couple of them because, you know, there's probably about eight of them. But I think one of the most common is, you know, by the time you're 50, it's too late to make a difference in your financial future. And I would say absolutely not. You know, obviously it's better to save sooner because then it's easier. But I think for somebody who hasn't really made it a priority, I think now is the time, you know, we, you know, now we live, what, 30, 40 more years and, and we also work later. Let me give you a financial example. Somebody who saves $23,000 a year for 15 years, you know, starting at 50 years old till they're, till they're 65, if they save that much, which is the amount you can save in a 401k with the catch-up contribution, um, at a 6% rate of return, that money can grow to $570,000. Wow. 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 But I do think that people really have to be honest with themselves and, and, um, Really think about where they can cut back. So you know, track your track your spending. You know, bucket your your money between essential and non-essential, and see where you can cut back, and then making savings automatic. the The other one I think is very interesting is that a lot of people think you should take Social Security out as soon as you're eligible, mm -hmm. which which is at 62 in this country. But if you wait until your full retirement age, you know, wait from 62 to say 66 or 67, depending when you're born. Your, your monthly benefit will go up 25%. And if you wait till you're 70, it goes to 76%. Wow. So, yeah. And I don't, think, I don't think people really realize that. So in this low interest rate environment, it really pays to evaluate whether you should take out Social Security as early as possible. So those are just a few, uh, few of them. And of course, we have a lot of them uh, mentioned in the book that, that we overcome those misconceptions. So, Carrie, let me ask, this is such valuable information, and I, and I know that the book is so robust with, with incredible information, but can you distill for the podcast today the top three financial steps that people should be planning now, regardless of their age? Yeah, I think the first one is crunch the numbers and face your reality. Mm. A lot of people, do you, studies show that supposedly only like 40% of Americans actually plan for their retirement. Wow. So, so it's really important. Just take that act and, you know, look at what do you have saved, what will you need, you know, what will you spend in retirement, and what do you need to save to get there, and just make a plan. Studies show that those people who actually plan and do that and follow their plan are going to save one-third more money than those that don't. So, again, it really pays to, to you know, crunch the numbers and make a plan and, and follow it. The other I want to give you, um, I think these are good rule of thumbs for anybody of any age, and that is live below your means mm -hmm. and save. And let me give you, I call it the minus 10 rule. So if you're in your 20s and you start saving, it's best to save 10 to 10, about 10% a year or more if you can. 10% you'll have a relatively comfortable retirement when you, uh, later in life. Now, if you wait till your 30s, you've got to up it to at least 20% of your income. And then your 40s, 30%. So again, it you know it pays to start saving earlier than um, than waiting till later because it's easier on the pocketbook. And then lastly, you know, I've talked about this earlier with you, Caroline, and that is just this whole notion of investing for the long term. Be in a diversified portfolio in you know all sorts of uh, uh, U.S. stocks and international stocks, and and 
you know, of course, the amount you have depends on your age and your risk tolerance. But look at it as a lifelong endeavor. A lot of people got scared in 2008 when the market went down 55%. It was scary for all of us. And people sold their, their stock holdings and they locked in their losses. But if you had held on your diversified portfolio, let's just say in the S&P 500, it would be, your portfolio would be up almost 20% from the high in 2007. So while the market does go up and down over the long term, um, it, I mean, it goes up and down, it still over the long term goes up. And that's how you're going to beat inflation and get the growth you need to have the lifestyle that you want. Carrie, I'd love to hear your take, and I know you talk about this in the book, about how important it is for both individuals in a, in a couple, right, a marriage, a partnership, to be involved in the family finances. Tell me more about that. Yeah, um, so, so you know, in every family, one person sort of handles the finances, and that's fine. I mean, in my, um, with my husband of almost 30 years, I manage all the investments and, and the bills. But he is still very involved. He knows where all our investments are. So, so I think it's really important that you know where the investments are, like what institutions they're at, what you're invested in. Because, you know, you hear about, you, know, you mentioned the victim um, situation. You don't want at some point something to happen, like your spouse taking on too much risk. You, you want to know where, where it's being invested. And then lastly, you want to be involved with all the, the major purchasing decisions and and again it's it's like um i call it you know the skill of of swimming you know everybody needs to know what's going on because the bottom line is when you're both in sync as a couple you um are going to have better outcomes that's great it's good communication i think both need to be informed excellent Absolutely. You know what? And it makes us for a stronger relationship. I've seen story after story when both partners are on the same page. It just creates more respect and um, a sense of partnership. That's great. You know, Carrie, I also see you as a role model, especially for women uh, taking more control of their finances. Do you believe that women are less informed about their finances? And, and is, there, is there any um, anecdotal or even research behind how women are lagging in taking control of their finances? You know, I don't have statistics at the tip of my fingers right now, but I don't know, Caroline, if you know, but I was very involved with Schwab in creating more accessibility for women. Yes. Um, actually, most of my career, I'm very passionate about helping women gain economic parity. And the statistics I've seen have been sort of depressing in a way. You know, women do lack, or more women lack confidence um, in investing and saving. More women... Um, are, are not involved with the finances, you know, they, they're more likely to abdicate. And I just, you know, I, I want so badly for every woman to, again, have, be involved with, with the decisions. Because I think if you're involved with the decisions, you're going to have better outcomes. And I look at learning about finances is similar to, you know, life skill like swimming. Just because your spouse knows how to swim doesn't mean that you don't have to know how to swim. Because you never know when you're going to, you know, confront stormy seas. Nice, nice. I like that a lot. And what I love about the book, Carrie, is it, it's so, so user-friendly, uh, right? So answers to your most important money questions. And it, it just, it's relatable, it's practical, it's implementable. You talk a little bit about small businesses and, and how they matter in our economic development. Can you speak a little more to that? 
Well, certainly the majority, I mean, the majority of jobs in this country are from, from small businesses. But I think what, what you find, you know, with, with small businesses is that people are so ingrained in, in starting their businesses and focusing on that, they sort of forget about taking care of themselves. You know, many, many individuals today have a 401k. I think the majority of Americans do. But then there's a whole other swath of Americans who have to definitely save for themselves. They don't get the 401k match. And so with that, with that particular audience, you really want to be sure that um, you have a SEP IRA or some type of uh, employer plan that you can save for yourself and for your employees. Nice, nice. So is it really all about the money or is it, is there more to it? To me, you know, to me, it's about having a life of impact. That's what it's been about for me. It's also having the life that you want. It doesn't, it's not money for money's sake, but let's face it, that money does give you options in your life. You know, you, you can, uh, I mean, there's, there's obviously, you know, doing that special trip with your children or your, or your grandchildren, um, uh, you know, it's, 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 it just gives you more, um, more options. So, so yeah. I, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think it's just really about, uh, living the life that you want. And I love that, you know, the mantra of, of this show is enjoy your career so you can love your life. Right. So it's not just about, uh, the money you have, the nest egg that you've developed. How do you live your life? How do you have quality of life? And I just and I just met. I mean, I was just with a woman that is now. She was a registered nurse. She doesn't really need the money anymore. And now she's volunteering uh, in a in a doctor's office where people are uninsured. So again, it's you know it's about having impact. But we can't do that unless we have some security ourselves. And I think you know the last thing we want to be is a drag on society. And um, if anything, we want to have impact. And I think that's a common common feeling among all baby boomers. That's a good segue. So so what's the role of collaboration between businesses and economic development? So so the role of business and economic development. Um, well obviously, you know, businesses are what create jobs in this country. It, it's it's what um, it's, it's all about building businesses and growth and, and growth. And it's also what creates wealth in this country. You know, bringing it really back to my area of expertise is is investing. Yeah. And investing is about um, put, investing in America's, uh, you know, businesses and economic viability. And a lot of people think, oh, I, I you know, investing is is um, gambling. But when you're in a diversified portfolio of, of a whole bunch of stocks, you're investing in organizations that are genetically engineered to grow. You know, a company um, is, is, isn't there to downsize. It's there to build new products, hire new employees, expand nationally, internationally. And, and so that's really where economic viability or businesses come into play for economic viability. Also, just on another side front, you know, I was involved with the President's Advisory Council on Financial Capability under President Obama. And an area of my focus and passion is around workplace financial education. I think there's a real opportunity for employers to take to educate their employees because this is a time when making money, you know, it's, it's obviously very relevant uh, to them. And those who do have financial education are less um, um, stressed about money and they're highly more productive. And it's a way to differentiate yourself.
Oh, Carrie, I'm so glad to hear that. That's extraordinary. I agree. I think it's a social responsibility for organizations to uh, to address these issues. I, I also work in higher education, and I would like to see more uh, curriculum-based education around financial literacy for young people who are just moving on from college into their professional lives. I think we need to start a lot earlier educating our children about financial literacy. Any ideas about that? Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up. Um, so we, I, as president of the Charles Schwab Foundation, I've overseen a financial education program with the Boys and Girls Club of America, which is the largest youth agency in the country, serving over 4 million kids. And in the last 10 years, with the help of my colleagues, we've educated over 500,000 kids around the basics of money and, um, you know, money management and investing you know, for a lifetime. And I can see firsthand how education, again, um, can make can, can bring more optimism and sort of change the, the trajectory of an individual and their and their lives, even even kids of you know who lack the means, and 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 so I, unfortunately, or we chose the Boys and Girls Club because they're an after-school program, right. because you know schools unfortunately you know it's it's very bureaucratic and it's hard to get into the schools, and in fact, only seven states in this country uh, require a personal finance as a high school. Uh, uh, requirement. So I think there's huge opportunity for the schools. I also think it's, there's a huge opportunity for parents to teach their kids right away when they're young about the importance of, uh, you know, valuing money and saving for a lifetime. I know with my children, when, you know, they all had jobs when they were teenagers and I had them open up Roth IRAs. That's Again, great. beginning of, you know, saving for their future. That's fantastic. I love it. So, so let's drill down a little bit for your expert advice, not only as a leader in the financial realm, but also as a mom, right? What, what kind of advice would you share with other parents about what they should be sharing with their young kids now? So I'll just share sort of what I did with my own kids, and and I and, and um, I think you know it works with with when you have young kids, you you want to consider giving them an allowance. I know there's some going back and forth about whether to give an allowance, but I think it's the first time that young people learn the value of money. Yeah. You know, I remember with my son, he wanted me to buy some I don't know these Pokemon cards, and when I told him, hey hey, listen, you can use your allowance. Do you know what? He decided not to buy them after all, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so yeah, so that's valuing, valuing the money. But also another area, you know, that's particular dear and near to my heart, and that is investing. Again, I mentioned that I taught my kids about, um, well, opening up a Roth IRA, but I also taught them about the value of investing, you know, um, investing in mutual funds and index funds and ETFs and looking at it as a lifelong endeavor and then it's not you know it's not about gambling it's about um, diversification and long-term investing and I and I bring that up only because in America there's so few people I should say there's a lot of people not saving for their future and taking advantage of um, of investing and the sooner we can get young people to start saving and investing the better life they're going to have in their future that's great so Carrie tell me you write a column called ask Carrie is that correct Yes, that is. I've been writing this column for about eight years. And again, that's part of my work of trying to create more accessibility, um, you know, simplifying the basics of, of money management for all people. That's great. So is there a common theme with the types of questions that people ask? You know, I would say, you know, it's across the board. I, I, uh, I talk to parents about their kids. I talk to the 20-something-year-old who's starting out. 
I, you know, and, and then as you know, with my book, the um, Charles Schwab Guide to After 50, it's really now about, am I 50? Is it too late to save? I keep hearing that a lot as yeah. well. So it's, it's across the spectrum. You know, even, even you know, the kids are, or, um, you know, my spouse is not involved. How do I get him or her involved? So, so it's not just the nuts and bolts, but it's also how do you bring in your family? So let's talk a little bit about the book. How can we buy the book? Well, you can either go to any bookstore, it should be in any bookstore, but also Amazon.com, which is, makes it easy. And then also there's a little more information on Schwab.com slash book. And it gives you some chapters to take a look at, and it talks about some of the speaking engagements I have and some of the media that I've been involved with. Um, also, there's a lot of video as well. Which I love. I think that's terrific. I, I believe that we receive information differently in this social media era. So I do appreciate the videos. Those are fantastic. Yeah. And you know what? You mentioned about the, you know, the book being 50 questions. One of, you know, for me, when I buy a business book, I read two chapters and I put it down. <laughs> and so with this book, with the 50 most common questions, people don't have to read it cover to cover. They could go in to, to the question that's most relevant to them. You know, for instance, you know, I have a 25-year-old that's still living at home, and I have a chapter about that because so many people now are, are have their children, their 20-something-year-olds, living at home. It's a different time. So anyway, so you know, you can go into those those chapters that that seem most relevant to you at that time. I agree. It, it's very accessible because you can leaf through it and and zero in on something that is relatable to you. So I especially mm -hmm. like that. I read a lot of books, Carrie, as you can imagine. So I it know. was I'm lovely. Sure you know how it is, right? Yeah, it's yeah. It was lovely. Uh, as I said, extremely user friendly. So let's talk a little bit about leadership. Again, I see you as a role model in so many ways, but especially as a woman leader. So what's the difference between leadership and entrepreneurial leadership, for example? Leadership and entrepreneurial, um, being entrepreneurial. I, you know, I think it's, I think in some ways it's one of the same, to be honest with you. I'm just thinking about with my own life. You know, a lot of, um, you know, my job was not, there was not a job description for what I do. I, I have to say, I, it was somewhat entrepreneurial that I, you know, I had a vision. I have a passion. My passion really is about, you know, dem democratizing investing, making it more accessible, you know, helping underserved people. And so, you know, sh you know, my, my boss at Schwab didn't say, okay, Carrie, this, you know, we're going to create this job around that. And I saw it and I, and, and, and started, you know, cre creating a vision and a strategy around it and sort of rallying the company and my colleagues around it. And guess what? Now it's a real, you know, real um, job and, a, and, and, a, and, and an important job at Schwab and, and for the, um, the community at large. And, and I have all my colleagues coming along and being, wanting to be a part of it. So again, entrepreneurial in the sense that no one said this is what you need to do. Um, leadership in the sense that, you know, helping to create the culture, uh, bringing people along with my passion. I think passion is a really... Um, a big deal, and also being authentic. You know, again, it's just something. I am not your typical business leader writing decks. I just have a real passion, and, and I try to just share what I feel, and and I think that brings people along. Carrie, your your energy is palpable and infectious and authentic, <laughs> and I love it. I love it. So thank you for that. You really are an extraordinary role model, and I I so appreciate your career advice there too. Right, saying 
create opportunities. And I think that's really extraordinary. A lot of times people wait for things to happen and you're so proactive, you're a doer, and it's clear why you are successful. You're an inspiration. Thank so, you. you know, one, one other thing that I, I'd like to touch on, most of, of my audience is comprised of women. And I would like to know if you could distill one bit of financial wisdom for our women, what might that be? And I realize that's a really tough question. There's so much wisdom to share, and this book is certainly proof of that. But what's one lesson that you think all women could benefit from, regardless of their age? I, I, okay, so, so I would say get engaged. You know, and, and, and I think there's, even if you are engaged, even rethink about whether you could up your engagement or bring other women along. Mm. So many women, unfortunately, like I said, they let other people handle their finances. And I, you know, I promise you, you know, I'm not a brainiac. You do not have to be, you know, you don't have to be some wizard to understand the basics of financial, uh, the fine basics of money management. I, I think if you just go to schwabmoneywise.com good, or, good. or, you know, that's, that is a website, what we say for money novices, but I'll be honest with you. I learned, you know, it's my, my team and I, we created this and I learned something every day about finances and, and I, and I just say, don't be intimidated, get engaged because once you get that baseline, it's pretty exciting. It's fun. It's fun to, and, and um, builds confidence to have that knowledge and to be proactive about your finances. Excellent. And I love that you can enjoy it, right? If it's fun, it, how bad can it be, right? I think that is such a an interesting concept for women. They're afraid of it, right? And, and they're, they're afraid, but yeah. once you just get that little bit of knowledge, I promise you it'll be fun. Oh, that's good. Good, good, good. Carrie Schwab Pomerantz, what a joy to have you on. And I want to remind everybody, your book is called The Charles Schwab Guide to Finances After 50. And it is in all major bookstores and, of course, on Amazon.com. And, Carrie, I'm going to have you remind us of the website before we go so people can check out all of your great resources online. Yes, it's schwab.com slash book. Excellent. Excellent. Carrie, thank you so much. What a joy to have you on the show. Great to hear all of these wonderful resources. And as someone who has read the book cover to cover, I would highly encourage it to all of our listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you, Caroline. It's been fun. Great. Thank you for tuning into your working life, where my goal is to help you design your career destiny so it doesn't happen by default. True career and life satisfaction is possible. And it's time to embrace what you love doing so you can do more of it. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening and take good care.